Always wait now. You have to accept that I'm recording you. I can't sneakily record you and release yeah. all your secrets. <laughs> I'm about to do that myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, good evening. Today I have David with me. Hi, David. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, indeed. I am David Mark. Uh, I have a cold, which means I don't normally talk like this, so apologies. Uh, I am a, a, a journalist turned novelist. Uh, I write the McAvoy series and numerous other well-received critical uh, success commercial failures. Uh, and I'm about to release uh, my first non-fiction work. It's a, a memoir about living with uh, the various things that are wrong with me. Uh, I don't know a better way to put it than that, really. It's uh, essentially, imagine a kitchen flip-top bin, uh, and this is like stepping on the pedal, and the top of my head's just come up, and now you can look inside at the assorted filth and uh, just non-recyclable shit. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of the unique selling point of this <laughs> of this tell-all memoir. Jesus, yeah, I, 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 that doesn't sound good, does it? But apparently, it's it's it, apparently it's very good. But I don't know the criteria. So either way, that's me. This, this shambles of a twat. <laughs> and it's out tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And yeah. it is called? It's called Peace of Mind. Peace spelt as you take a piece of my mind. Uh, a memoir of uh, folly, melancholy and madness, uh, which are three of the dwarfed that didn't make it into Snow White's original tomb. I'd love to meet I'd love to meet Madness. That'd be awesome. Uh, but yeah, peace of peace of mind. I mean we're a folly, melancholy and madness. And what made you decide to do that, to open yourself up to so much and share with everybody? I suppose if I'm going to be briefly sincere, uh, I, I'm a communicator. I am a, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm, I'm good at, uh, at, at explaining to people how things look and how they feel. Uh, my, my works of fiction have always been praised for their authenticity, the, the fact that the characters always feel fully formed. And they've always been thinly disguised aspects of my own character. And I kind of reached a stage where I just thought to myself, I've actually got all of this, I won't call it knowledge, but I've got all of this experience. I've lived with 40 plus years of, of not being quite right. Uh, and so many people misunderstand depression and misunderstand the various things that are, are wrong with me. They don't get it. And I kind of thought, well, I can't just keep explaining things to the, to the people that I meet, you know, or if it comes up in conversation. I can't keep expecting people to just know if I don't try and explain it. So I kind of just realised that it was now or never, uh, and I was in a relatively, I was in, as far as I could imagine, the safest emotional place that I could be to start actually looking uh, in, inside my own head and thinking, I, don't, I, I need to write about this now. I need to try and give people just a, a sense of what it's like 
really. Uh, I don't know what they, they're then going to do with that information, but the, the, the knowledge seems important. You know, it really is. Uh, it really is about saying, look, this is me and this is your chance to walk around inside my head for a little bit and see how that feels. Uh, and there's no greater purpose to it than that. It, it's just, this is how it feels. Uh, because I, I don't think that people who, who haven't got depression and addiction and OCD and mania and hear voices, if you haven't got those things, it's quite a hard thing to imagine. So this is me saying, well, it feels like this. Uh, and if you have got any of those things, then hopefully you'll read it and think, oh, yeah, that's, that, that's me. I'm not completely alone. I'm not... Uh, it's about being seen, I, I guess. Uh, about being, it's not something that you want. It's not aspirational, but it is it, it is about holding up a mirror and going, see, it, it's like this, but it might be okay. So that will sound a lot slicker when I've done a few more of these. Uh, but normally I'm, normally I'm talking about my works of fiction and I'm just going to blah, blah. But this is actually intensely personal and important to me. So therefore, I want to give you a correct answer, which means I have to think, which isn't really good for me. Uh, so yeah, suffice to say that when I watch this back, which I invariably will, I'll hate this so much that that, 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 that there could be physical harm. Um, right, okay. I'm not editing it, though, by the way. Just oh, so don't, you know. no, no. There, there will not, be there will be nothing by the end, nothing from beginning to end when I watch this back that I don't sit there looking, going you twat at <laughs> myself, because even though I'm getting better and I'm well, well, that that is the the, the, the self loathing is so intrinsic to my being that unfortunately those things are just habit forming. Uh, so even if I watch it back. And think to myself, oh yeah, you made sense there, Dave. Or oh, that was a clever line. Or oh yeah, oh look, the way the light was bouncing off your forehead was beautiful. That I'll that'll be so fleeting that I will focus entirely on the fact, God, you're an idiot. Uh, but I think that that's possibly okay. I think that might keep me because the alternative to that was the many years where I was living life as if as if I genuinely believed my own bollocks about being the greatest most marvellous human that had ever walked the earth and had this entitlement to greatness which was another just part of my mental illness really, it was just this grandiosity so yeah suffice to say that me verbally is a lot more messy than me written down so which leads me to the answer that you asked me for about three weeks ago as to why it's because when I write things down, I realise what I really think. And I don't have to go through all of this cack. <laughs> so, yeah. So don't judge me. If you never read my stuff, don't judge my written work based on this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next right, question. I was I was gonna say you're uh, you're a step better than me if you can watch these back because I've never watched one ever and I I have no plans to of all really? the ones I've ever done I've never watched them never ever that's why I don't want to edit them I just don't want to see oh once I've done it it's out it's done and that's it on to the next no, one I, I, I admire that but the thing is 
it's not vanity. It's just checking that I haven't said anything that I will regret. But I've, I've been alive for 43 years now, and I don't think I've ever said anything yet that I do regret. Uh, it's Sometimes, I, I, given the benefit of hindsight, you think that wasn't necessary. But I don't, but I just like to make sure that I haven't, you know, because I don't know what I've said. I don't know what I'm about to say until after I've just said it. Uh, and sometimes that means that, that I'm as shocked as you are to hear what I've just said. And I think to myself, oh, shit, I best find a way to believe this just to stick with it. Because otherwise you look like a complete turd who just turns around and goes, I don't, I, I don't know why I said that. No, press on, keep going. So yeah, but uh, no, you should watch it. You should watch it back. You're very good at this. You're a good interviewer. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Okay, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, when I watch it back. I'll just look at you. How is that? That's all I do when I'm doing them. The fact that my face is there is fine, but I'm just looking at this half of the the screen. Well, I don't know if this is, I don't know if you want to know this or not, actually, but you're actually propped up on a massage table at the moment. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. There's not There's not every office that actually comes with its own massage table, uh, but mine really genuinely does. This is, this is a multi-purpose massage table that has been used uh, as a changing table for my daughter and has now been transformed into a slide because I've put half of it down so she can come in, run up it in a little bare feet, slide down it while I'm making some desperate attempt to get on with my work. You see, this is this is the level of thought. But at the moment, you're being, you're propped up on the end of it. Okay, I'm I'm not sure if that helps or not. It's, I'm just okay. <laughs> it's, it's a piece of information. What you choose to do with it is entirely your choice. Well, you're you're propped on a cushion, um, because I'm a short ass, and otherwise. Well, yeah, certain angles. Anyway, <laughs> well, no, I've, I've, I've been. I sometimes teach creative writing uh, through mm. the Zoom, uh, and I try and be a little bit more polished than I am when I'm just being me. Um, but there have there were times during lockdown where I get more animated while talking, and the uh, and like I fall, the phone's fallen, um, and revealed to the fact revealed to the class that I look I look relatively smart from the waist up. Um, but you know, when suddenly you realize that the screen is filled with your pink knees, and you think, Oh, just go with it, just... could be much worse. At least you're dressed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually when I come to tell that story again, I think I might embellish upon it. That's uh, you've got to keep that level, haven't you? You want things to work out in a way that would be a good story would not get you arrested so yeah definitely don't want to be arrested <laughs> not anymore no there's, there's, <laughs> the mattresses are very thin they really are so. it kind of reminds me about what we we're talking about before as well and especially from that angle that just wouldn't be good good lord yes <laughs> uh, yeah for, for, for reference for those who aren't familiar <laughs> with our conversation from, from before uh, in fact no i'm going to leave that vague and then people could just guess. I think that's yeah. more interesting. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not telling them, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. 
he just caught something on the TV as well. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Are you watching right. the telly while you're interviewing me? I'm a woman. I can multitask. What, do I, oh. what can I say? <laughs> Excellent. That's okay. You know what? I don't feel hurt. I actually think it's good to have a backup plan. Like if I just start wittering on, you can just catch up on your telly. I think that's a, that's a good idea. Generally, I've got QI on and it's on mute because, you know, I'm interviewing you and stuff. Generally, the word penis has just flashed up on the screen of being black or white writing. Excellent. <laughs> Either that or you're actually having like Freudian flashes now and the, the, the telly isn't even on. <laughs> uh, I wish you could see that. Yeah, anyway. But <laughs> we're here to talk about books. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm meant to be the face of depression now. Look at me just giggling away and being silly. I know. Honestly, can't get the bloody authors. No, one well, job. One you know job what? you it, have. This is one of the tricky bits I've discovered, actually, is that like, I've, I've been known for a long time. I've been, I've, been, I've been an author for 10 years now, and I've done okay, and I've had some bestsellers and whatnot, but I'm always quite... Uh, people seem to like the way I... I won't say perform, but the way I talk about stuff. You know, I'm always quite cheerful and enthusiastic and a bit, a bit subversive, but it's a bit weird to talk about this book with my usual joviality because the whole essence of the book is saying that this joviality is is kind of like a like a coat you put on over the over the swamp that's on the inside. But similarly, if I suddenly start talking to you and just there's nothing within the swamp that people would want to actually read. You know what I mean? So I I, I know that you, sh you should be able to take off your armour. That's great. I know that you should be able to go through life without that, that carapace around you all the time. But then if all that's underneath is just, it's just your vulnerability and your terror, that doesn't really lend itself to, to communication. So it's, a, it's, it's tricky. I must admit, I don't know quite whether to just hold myself and rock back and forth to demonstrate the authenticity of my condition or whether I should be myself, um, which is, you know, somebody who lives, who can live okay on the froth level while everything underneath is just dead eels. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's a strange feeling. I'm just going to go with whatever comes out and see what occurs. But I, if I do suddenly start to sob or shriek, uh, I, I, I just think that's more likely to make this sort of a trending hit. <laughs> this is the world we live in. So, yeah. yeah. If, if you start to cry, I will cry. I'm fine uh, until men cry and then I completely lose it. I'm, it's weird. If, if you start to cry... Uh, I well, this would have been one of my up until relatively recently. If you start to cry, I would take that as being a, 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 a symbolic reaction that you would have been put in front of my way to demonstrate this to me. This would be for me. This would have been a universal sign that you were sad, and that it was my duty to fix that, and that nothing else mattered. And that if you, if I could fix you, maybe it would fix me. And maybe it would fix the universe too. Uh, so I would do whatever it took. Nothing else would matter other than fixing you. So I, so that would have, I'd have either, 
I'd have either talked to you until there was nothing left in me. Uh, I'd have given you money, uh, like like just to to solve your problems, whatever they might be. If I had money, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. You you take that, uh, and or uh, probably slept with you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to. You know that, that like, like not not as not as a sort of here you go this will fix everything, but there was very much what what I referred to and what other people in my life have referred to as the as, as the divine penis uh, approach to life. That I used to think, well, you know, I'll just give you that whatever it is that you need. I am here. This is what the universe has given me. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I'm, I'm 43 now, and uh, I, I've got no I, that that hubris has gone. The desire for you to be well and happy and healthy, and to go through life and being all that you can be, that remains absolutely at the core of who I am. I no longer think that it's beholden on me to fix it, uh, which apparently is progress, but means that you don't get my money or on me really so I can only apologise for that just ruined my day well that's what I thought yeah I, I mean this is the this is the thing about about writing a memoir is you've got to look back at who you have been and therefore you realise it's also who you are and that's the most excruciating bit because you look back at the things you've thought the things you've said the things you've been and if, if you can look at it and, and feel not too bad about who you've been, then that, that's, that's positive. But if you're realising how much of how you've behaved and whatnot has been a direct manifestation of an illness, it's, it's very hard not to... If, if you don't want sympathy, but you, you, you want a whiff of understanding, it's really difficult to, to know how to put that across to people in the, just to say, look, I know I was a complete and total knobhead um, and I know I probably still am. But can I just say that, that, that part of that was because it was this, this, this and this, this, but I'm aware that it was still me being the knobhead. I get, I get that. But if, if maybe you want to know these things, maybe, maybe you don't. Uh, and I'm still having that conversation in my own head on a daily basis as to whether people should, how much compassion you should extend people, how much of somebody's mental health problems should be considered as a what's an excuse, you know, when, when does personal responsibility end? If you've got a condition that means you act in a way that is beyond your control. I have answered none of these things, Donna. I have none of, no answers at all but I have many, many articulate ways of asking the question. Can you imagine living in this brain? Honestly, honestly, uh, it's, I mean, I, I, I find your brain very interesting too, because it's, I think it's the same shape as mine. I, I honestly, you know, those things when you're a kid and you've got to put the, the star through the star and the, the half moon through the half moon. Writers and readers, our brains would all fit through the same slot, which is sensitive and existential and confused and a bit cross. <laughs> and, and, and we like old books and tea and cake and...
we and we hate racists and people who don't recycle and simultaneously we'd like to kill people from the right and it's oh yeah so there you go it's uh it's a one size fits all mentality really yeah yeah stop looking in my head <laughs> <laughs> oh right go on you speak now i'm tiring myself out oh um how honest were you is there everything did you get everything out or is there still stuff that you held back oh there's there's the stuff I, I didn't it wasn't a uh it wasn't a moral choice to hold anything back it was a i'm, I'm aware that the purpose of the book is to be uh it, it is a book so it has to have a certain level of ebb and flow and i can't and there has to be a certain degree of it has to be light and shade. So I had to make some choices about, about how much how much light, how much shade. Uh, but it doesn't mean that I've abandoned those aspects. They just might be, if people respond to this, there might be other books. Uh, you know, so I mean some of the some of the more some some of the more cinematically deplorable things that I've uh, that I've done over the years, I didn't want anybody to think that I was sort of aggrandizing it or making it seem like you know yeah I did all these what a legend kind of idea because a lot of it is excruciating and awful and sordid um, but also quite entertaining uh, so I think there might be another book somewhere down the line where I I, I look at the more uh, with Neil and I aspects of my of, of my life uh, and also the certain Bits about about family life and things that uh, I don't feel any shame in, in, in talking about. But similarly, I, I, I thought there was sufficient material not to have to impinge on anybody else's uh, right to tell their own story. So I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that nobody who reads this will be in any way upset by it. Uh, but similarly, it is a story that it's it's as it's it's my heart and soul and memories and brain and all that I am is on the page, and you know people who have been witness to that and in some ways not contributed to it, but certainly have, have woven themselves in and out of the story. I can't tell my story without also including them, so. I don't think I, I would hate to, to paint any villains. You know, the, the whole point of this is that the, the the evil within it is the illness. You know, the 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 body of the piece is the illness. You know, the the people within it are trying to keep me alive while this illness tries to kill me, uh, and that's the hardest bit to explain to people because. You know yourself the amount of times that you get asked this well-intentioned but preposterous questions, you know, like, well, what's causing it? Uh, you know, what, what have you got to de be depressed about? Oh, you don't seem depressed. Or, oh, I didn't realise. And, you know, you're, there's a, you're screaming inside your head, how could you not realise? It's because you've done such a good job at hiding your trauma and pushing it down and and wearing this acceptable, you know, like 
meat soup that you carry through life. Uh, and then you're surprised when people don't realise that within that, you, you, you're falling apart. So I, I think that's one of the harder aspects of it is that for people who haven't, haven't been aware of, of just what's been going on inside me, I think that might be, that, that's been a bit of a revelation. But it's also surprised me completely that it was a revelation because I didn't think anybody really believed that I was okay when I said I was okay. Uh, but that's the hard bit. That's that. It, do people really want to know? Like, mm-hmm. Do they really want to know? Because if ask, if you ask me, am I all right? And I give you the answer, you're, you're going to be headed for the hills. Uh, you know, that's more than, that's more than you can possibly bite off. So you pick somebody who you really who purports to love you, and who's and, and they have some involvement in your well-being. So you unburden yourself in that direction, and you give them like you know this much. You just give them a, a just a surface, and they they get sad and, and and upset and defensive and hypersensitive, and you think. Oh, okay. oh, I've I've already given you that much. Wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, sorry. And then you go go back inside. And there are millions upon millions of people all around the world living in that mindset right at this very moment. And I suppose that's kind of what I was wanting to reveal. You know, to say, look, if you actually rip this off, this is what's underneath. And what we do next is the is is the interesting bit, really. I don't suppose it's really up to me to provide a solution, uh, but at least if people understand a bit more, that that might help. But then I don't know about you. I I, I say the same stupid shit to people that that absolutely destroys me when they say it to me, you know. <laughs> they say, "Come on, let's talk about it. What come on, what's what sparked all this off?" And you think to yourself, if somebody said that to me, I want to punch you in the jaw. But but it's well-intentioned, and you hope that people will afford you that, that it's well-intentioned. But really, when you're in a state of depression and despair, all hope is gone. Really, you don't. all you're looking for is more reasons to hate yourself. So the fact that somebody says something as simple as, well, you don't seem that, you don't seem that depressed, yeah, that, that could be such a... I can't even do depression right. You know, it's... Yeah. It's, read the book. Read, read, read the book. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like you say, um, and I, I haven't made any secret that I suffer from depression and anxiety, and I always think of it like acting. Like, um, I act my part at work, and then I act my part doing this, and I act my part at home, and then as soon as... I'm on my own, then my head does what it does. But yeah. then also when you're in those situations, your depression and anxiety is going around in your head and like telling you things and like, no, don't say that. And what did you say that for? And they're going to think this. And you're just trying to have a conversation and your head's just like, fuck it with you. And it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it never stops. It, it's the, the relentlessness of it. Uh, and to be honest, you, you don't you don't get any respite from it at all. You know, it, it's all very well. You know, do something that you love. Uh, you don't when you when you're depressed, you don't love anything. 
you know, the, the best you can do is self-medicate with your with your vice of choice. But then but then that becomes all you've got. And that's not good for you either. And it, it totally veils the problems that need to be addressed. So you're left with a lit. That's why so many people with depression just collapse in on themselves, go to bed and don't, don't leave and just hold themselves tight. It's because you, that, that micro world is almost manageable. Nothing can get me in this little cocoon. But that's also not living. So it's... And there's a big gap between when you get there and when depression first starts. So really, I'd, I'd love for people who perhaps don't suffer with depression to perhaps be a little bit more cognizant about those uh, those early warning signs, those indicators that people are on a downward slope. Uh, because it is, it's easier to help somebody when they're just running downhill than when they've crashed at the bottom. So, yeah. But well, that sounds dangerously close to being to being like some sort of self help guide. Uh, I, I don't really think I can do that. So. I know what you mean, though, and yeah, I, yeah, it's like, I mean, just because you suffer doesn't mean you know the answers either. Yeah. You know, you know what has worked for you is working for you, but that doesn't mean that's going to work for anyone else. So I know well, what you mean. <laughs> I always try and think in, uh, in terms of analogies and whatnot, and it's like it's like if, if I only had one leg, I could probably give some advice to somebody else who just got that. You know, you could be. Have you considered hopping? Uh, you know, or there's a can we do a deal on shoes? You know, and <laughs> pragmatic solutions there. But like with depression, all you can literally do is just say. Please don't die. Please, please don't give in. Please don't kill yourself. Because, because then you've let this... Yeah. I hate this idea that, 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 that suicide is, is, is a weakness or is a coward's way. Oh, I hate that so much. It makes me so angry. It is just your illness has killed you. That, that's what it is. And that illness is such a horrible, nasty, venomous, insidious bastard that doesn't deserve that victory. The way to kill that illness is for you to live a life that has has grace and joy and and love and achievement and and feeling, you know? And and when it comes to that, that suicidal feeling that I want to end it now, yeah, you want to end it now, you do. 15 minutes from now, you might not. So let's do those 15 minutes. Let's just, let's get through that. And then let's see what happens after that. Let's try that next 15 minutes too. Because every bad feeling that you, that you, that you reach, you might not realise it, but you've had that bad feeling before and it went, it's got, you've got better. And it will keep happening. And the same way that the the weather will always come. Well, the same way that you, that, if you've got better, there's a good chance that your depression will come back, you know, and you've got to be aware of that. But you've also got to, got to be aware that there is a way, there is a way in which you can live and experience and feel and not just feel wretched, you know, all of those things that make you want to not 
just not be here. There's a flip side to that. If you can find it, if you can tune in your radio to that, where everything is joyous and glorious and real. And, and I've got no way of getting you there, but I know that, that what you're feeling at the worst of times, that isn't a representation of how life is either. So just don't be don't don't say I'm gonna live forever, but just try and be strong for that next next little bit and then that little bit after. So yeah, that's one of the few things I'm passionate about. That and uh, I can give you a list of things that I hate, people that I hate, and I'm, I'm passionate in my hatred of those. But uh, in terms of things that I believe, I believe everybody should write. Uh, not everybody should write a publication. And some of the people who are writing a publication should stop. Uh, I believe that... Uh, that uh, no, that's about everything I've got, really. I don't know why, you, when you're watching the boxing and you've paid 20 quid for it, you've still got to watch the fucking adverts. I don't know why that's the case. Uh, and I don't think the cold medication works other than that, I, I, that, that that's where my passions end have you, have you got have you got birds by the way is there something squawking at your house yeah it was uh, it was our attempt to have something alive in the house after we had lost the dog so yeah we have two budgies okay well, I mean, I was I was horribly sad to hear about your dog. That's 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 awful. That makes me, mm. honestly, I, I my my glasses steam up at the, at the very thought of of animals being hurt. Uh, but yeah, that's just uh, the, uh, this is a good example of how there is nothing that one could say that will help. But I, I'm sending you a, a a fulsome cannon blast of good wishes and a wish that that hadn't happened because it's awful. Um, but nevertheless, you've got budgies now, and you spend half your life interviewing authors. So there's going to be a lot of people going, "Have you got birds?" <laughs> so, I, if I was you, I'd consider in, investing in one of those lovely uh, floral things that you put over the cage. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do something. They were really shy because we've only had them. Not even a week, I don't think, or have we? I think we've had them a week, but now they're they're coming out their shell a bit, and they're noisy little fuckers, as you can hear. Yeah, um, you, you realise that within another week you're going to be referring to them as those fucking budgies. Oh, yeah, I'm not far. No, maybe a couple of days off of that already. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I I've got two cats and a dog, uh, and uh, and five children. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm very aware how you can simultaneously feel great love and an extraordinary level of, of uh, I, this is just too much for a human head to contain. So, yeah, so I, I, I admire the budgie choice. That's, uh, and they live for a while as well. So we don't have to deal with any grief for, for, for a while. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, done, with, done with grief. That's, yeah, that's not fun. Didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, gr grief is a, is a perfect, it's the closest thing to depression uh, that, that you can imagine. I mean, I always think of depression as being the complete absence of hope, like the annihilation of even the faintest possibility of hope. That is depression to a, to a team. And grief, 
people people say you know there are several stages of grief and you will get over it you don't even get that with depression because you don't think it's temporary this is this is awful this is forever this is just endless so yeah given that given your own history and grief on top you, you you're doing very well really give yourself some credit i say Outwardly, outwardly, I'm doing fine. Inwardly, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the that's the English way, isn't it? As long as we're as long as we're fine outwardly, we feel like we're winning on some weird level. But yeah, it's we, we are human beings have not really got used to ourselves yet, have we? we, we no, we we're we're idiots and we're weird and we have our little things and yeah, I mean, we just out to fuck each other up. In the head, and I don't know. We just there's no hope. Really. Well, we, we don't know what we're for. That, that's that's <laughs> the difficulty. You know, I mean, there's a chapter in the book about this, but when you get metaphysical and existential and start imagining and starts like panning out, and you realise that we are these, we're just this this sentient dust blowing across the surface of a big blue ball in space, and we're worried. About things. I mean, that it's it's insane, isn't it? It's like genuinely insane that we're worried about anything because it's all so fleeting. So I just all I can do is worry about big stuff. So I worry about the people that I love, and I, I you know, and I, I I worry about whether or not I'm fulfilling my potential and whether I'm putting in as much as I would like to get out and things like that. But the other things, God, it just seems. Seems absurd, you know. But that's that's the. I'm fortunate enough that my anxiety has always been kind of a weird one. It hasn't been generalised anxiety. Mine's been very much specific anxiety. Um, but people who live with generalised anxiety, I just it breaks my heart for them because the whole world is like is is a is a source of terror. I mean, and the best the best thing you can wish for is kind of like an empty white room. Without incidents, and for, for how long? Like forever? You know, it's just oh, it, it does. It breaks my heart. It really does. Um, but yeah, there's there's a generalized anxiety is one of the worst things imaginable and the hardest things to understand. So I'm making it my business to understand that better at the moment because I've had anxiety all my life, but they've been about specific things, and a lot of them have had causal effect things like that. Uh, and now I, I don't really think to get anxiety be, because I'm so busy sort of attacking the world. Uh, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, it's certainly stopped me worrying about stuff. But then by the same token, the things I do worry about, I worry about so much that it drives me completely insane, literally insane. So, yeah. So as you can see, I've totally worked out what I think about stuff. Uh, I am a piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, that's what I, I think. Um, I think when you uh, when you've got a certain mindset, or maybe just because, like you say, because like readers and writers have different brains. But you know, if you went to talk to someone, which they always suggest when you have depression, that you could actually end up turning it round. And you're saying, but actually, you know, but what's the point? You know, we're gonna die anyway. What's the point? And they can't answer that because no one can answer that. And then they'll just look at you and think, oh, fuck's sake, like, what the hell do I do with this person? Because yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's very difficult for me to, 
See, I, I don't see somebody's office, right? I, so I don't know if this is like an absence of something in my brain, but if, if I'm in a restaurant, for example, I don't see that guy's a businessman, this person's the waiter, that person's the barman, right? So therefore, I, so I should address them appropriately for their office. I see there's a bloke, there's a bloke, there's a lady, there's a, there, there's a bloke. And they're just wearing different outfits, but they're just a meat sack. That's all they are. So I can't get on board with the idea that this one should be deferential, but that one should be deferential to me. And it's all, it's all, it's all bullshit. I can't, I can't bear it. So I'm the same when I go to the doctors or psychiatrist. I think, well, you've done three years training, but great, and I'd love it if you could help me. But you're just you're just a person sat there, like I'm a person sat here. And if you had all the answers, you wouldn't be sat here in this nasty little health centre, would you? You'd be somewhere <laughs> So getting past these, these preconceptions about the point of accessing help is a big part of the depression battle because that's your illness as well. That's, the, that's your illness whispering inside your brain. You don't need to go and see anyone. We've got this. They're just going to, they're going to lie to you. And if they do have the truth, it'll be a synthetic truth. We know the truth. You know, and it's, it's strange because your depression can feel like, like it's doing you good. It can feel like it's your only friend. It can feel like... It wants to, it's the only one with its arm around you saying they don't understand, but 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 I understand. And it's only as you get, as you experience something approximating real feeling, real love and, and real compassion, as you realise that the way your depression treats you isn't the way that you would treat somebody that you love. The, the way your depression treats you doesn't want you to be happy. It wants you to be miserable through the floor. And it wants to keep you just to the very precipice of death. That's where it wants you to live. And I don't think that's something that you want in your life, really. So I think that if there is help to be accessed, then, then access that help. Is, uh, I mean, that leads us on to that. How the fuck do you access help in Britain in 2021? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that if, uh, if this book sells to sufficient levels, uh, I'll not only be able to pay off my mountain of debts, but actually be able to pay for a proper a proper shrink who can deal with some of this stuff. Because even though I have got a massive long history of psychiatric illness, once you've been declared well, if I go into crisis, I am no higher up the list of people waiting to see someone. I basically have to be assessed again and then put back to the bottom of the list and then currently the waiting times where I live is about 11 months to speak to somebody. Uh, so you can pay for it, but then you talk for an hour, you pay your 70 quid, and then they boot you out into the street. And then you've got to wait another week to go back in and pay them another 70 quid to talk to talk about your pain. And I know they have to make a living, but it's just so counterintuitive to something that is compassion-based. So again, another problem, that I've identified but cannot solve, which <laughs> is very much the problem. So, yeah, and God forbid you can't afford to 
pay for your own and have to rely on the NHS which oh, is um, just yeah. appalling. Although, actually, to be fair, they've been, so far, they've been quite good with me. Um, mm. But, yeah, we shall see if that continues. Yeah. I mean, it's at different areas that have got different, uh, different strengths. Mm. Uh, and the thing is, you've got to be a pain to say, not the individuals. You know, there are there's so many decent people who've got such good intentions, but they can't, they can't fix everybody and, with with COVID and with lockdowns, so many more people are identifying these these symptoms, uh, and it's almost as if the people who had really serious mental health disorders beforehand are almost like stepping back and saying, "No, no, let's deal with these newcomers because at least we've got experience of this." You know, these poor people who are feeling uh, who are feeling worthless, pointless, and what's it all about for the first time in their life. There's almost a part of me that thinks you're poor buggers, but what took you so long? <laughs> yeah. oh. Exactly that. Yeah. These people who you know, whose whole sense of, of of their inner life, of their own sense of, of of worth as a person, comes down to the fact that comes down to their golf handicap, and the fact that they've got the new Audi with a personalised number plate. And I just think to myself, you, you poor sods, because if those things are taken away from you, like they were in, in, in lockdown, you couldn't use those those symbols of your worth. You've got to look inside. You've got to think, well, what am I? What's my value as as a person? What am I bringing to this to this world? And and that must be if you've never thought of those questions before. Can you imagine? It just must be like getting the, the worst kicking of your life. And then you've got to reach out to this society that you believe exists, where that where these people will scoop up the, the needy and take care of them. And you feel like saying, no, 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 no. You voted all that away. You know, this is, yeah, it's a, it's a situation that isn't perfect. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah, far, far, far from it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's sometimes, it, like, this is the trouble, is that you've got to be able to identify the little battles that you can you can win. So why did I write the book? It's because I think about this stuff all the time. And if by writing it, uh, it, it, it sort of draws attention to it, then that, that helps. If 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 it if it connects with somebody, then then that helps. If it helps people better understand a little bit about me, that that helps. If it just the, the catharsis of getting all of this stuff out and onto the page, you know, I believe in that completely. That helps. So there's a lot of benefits to it. The only downside to it is that it leaves me very vulnerable and very exposed. But I'm alright with that really because. I've I've never really felt anything other than that. It's just that I've 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 had a relatively convincing suit of armor on. But you don't want to live through. You, you can't live your life with a suit of armor on because otherwise anybody who tries to hug you doesn't reach you. They only get the armor. So I'm very fortunate in my life that I I have love. I I have. Somebody, I have many people actually who, uh, whose love changes the vibration of my heart. And the idea that I'd keep them at arm's length because of my, the need for my defences, 
it's just doing such a that's such a life half limb. So really, you know, there's times I regret it. There's times I regret it because you're so exposed and so vulnerable, and you you know you're like a you're like an upturned crab. You know, everybody, everything is there on display, but. I would so much rather be this guy than every other version of this guy that I've been. Uh, that's not to say that there isn't an awful lot of work to be done, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not much as I like Russell Brand. I can't see myself becoming a guru anytime soon. Uh, I, I believe you shouldn't keep hold of your resentments, but I believe that there is a lot of a lot of health benefits to rage uh, and I can't see myself getting rid of my rage anytime soon the day that I don't want to put my foot through radio 4 as I'm driving along <laughs> I'll think that that's it I've, I've sort of given up you know and, and also that that sense of pursuit that sense of of, of surging after a goal that has been my whole life that has been my drive and I, I'm, I'm a little bit better. In fact, no, I'm a lot better than I used to be in terms of actually stopping and, and thinking, look what I've got now. This is terrific. But there's still that voice in my head that, that, that says, don't tempt fate. Don't you dare stop and act like you've got it made because you know what's going to happen next. And that's your illness. That is your illness. But it's such a convincing bastard of an illness. Uh, so yes, that's. Uh, I think about three weeks ago there was a question that I answered. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Don't know. <laughs> we got onto birds. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the only other thing really that I would want to ask, well, um, you're releasing a book um, after starting a Kickstarter campaign, so. Firstly, um, did you try and go traditionally published or did you always want to do it that way? And then secondly, how can people donate if they want to? Uh, cool. Uh, well, essentially, I was, I've been in two minds about the way publishing uh, is going for the past, well, for the past three or four years, really. Um, it's very, very difficult to, well, to understatement of the century. It, it's... It's almost impossible if you've got, if you're an established writer who's in the what we call the mid list. It's very, it's almost impossible to suddenly bubble up and 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 have a massive hit. You know there are people who do it and it delights you completely. Like like Sarah Pimbra, right? She she'd written all these great books, and then suddenly one book went boom, and it was and it delighted me because she's a she, she's a great person and she's a great writer and she deserved it. But they are very, very few and far between, and I'm I'm kind of okay with the fact that my fiction has a has a hardcore of people who like it. It might be that you know one book does better than the last, but by and large they they sell and they do okay, and they they get good reviews. But I was very aware that I was doing something that was different and 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 you know, to be honest, more important to me. But I was also aware that the, the chances of, of a publishing house giving me a significant advance when I'm not, a, I'm not a mental health expert, I'm not a blogger, I'm not famous for anything else, I'm not a celebrity. Um, you know, I haven't had a highly publicised battle with anything. 
I'm just, I'm just a, I'm a guy who's lived with this awful illness and many others for many years. So it seems to me like I'm the person that should be writing about it, but I also know the business. So long story short, when I'd written it, I, I did put it out to a few uh, different people who all said the same thing, which was that it was uh, was brilliantly written. It was it was it was raw and and real and powerful and funny and uplifting and all the things you want to hear. But they all ended with, but we don't know what to do with it. Uh, which is kind of what I'm expecting anyway. Uh, and so I knew it was good, I knew it was powerful, but I also knew that it wasn't going to be going, you know, two for a fiver in Tesco uh, anytime soon. So I just thought, well, ball to it, I'll do it myself. Uh, you know, I've, I've self-published a couple of things in the past and they got picked up by a publisher afterwards anyway. So I thought, well, I may as well just do it. But then I thought, well, I've got, like, I haven't got enough money to to, to pay the window cleaner. I've, I've got, like, like I, I would have to work as in a proper job for about three years to get back to zero. That's the kind of the level that, that, that I'm at. So I thought, well, I can't just suddenly put it on the credit card because who the hell would give me a credit card? So the only way that I can do this is to say to people, look, I want to do this and will you help? Will, will you give us, you know, just a few quid or retweets or, you know, just raise awareness. This is the book I want to write. I want to bring it out. I want people to know about it. So will you help? So I, I set up a Kickstarter, which I, I didn't know what Kickstarter was on the Friday, but by the Monday I had one. Uh, and yeah, people, like, I think it was four days uh, we, we, we went through the funding target because people could see that it was something I really believed in. And, uh, you know, I genuinely am passionate about this. So yeah, so that's raised the money to make sure that that, that, that we can do actual physical copies. They'll be coming out next month. Uh, and the, the ebook comes out on the 24th so people can read it now. Um, and it means that I can do some publicity and actually pay for some adverts and whatnot. You know, people do lose sight of the fact that there's this lovely idea that that's that self-publishing and Kindle direct publishing and things is has leveled the playing field. Uh, which, which it has up to a certain point, but you can tip the, the playing field in your favor if you chuck several thousand pounds worth of advertising at it. I don't have several thousand pounds of advertising. Uh, what, what I have is me and an ability to write well. So I just thought, let's give myself the best possible chance, even if it's just a few hundred quid, to actually, you know, get it in the right, waft it in the right faces. Uh, so, yeah, so I've done it myself. And some you know, really nice, decent, talented people have contributed their own time to... To making sure it looks right and that it's edited to a professional standard and that I don't make a complete tit of myself uh, more than no, no accidental tit making. It's all it's all guaranteed the way it's meant to be. Uh, so yeah, so if you look for if you go to Kickstarter, look for peace of mind, David Mark, uh, or if you put in anything, any of those keywords, it'll take you there and if you do, you know, basically you can you can just buy a copy of the book that contributes to the to the pile, or if you want to put in a bit more. And there's various pages. You know, you can you can have a creative writing session with me. You can have me edit your manuscript. 
whatever you like, really. You know, I, 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 I don't sleep very much anyway, so it's not really a problem. Uh, I, I can make my commitments. Uh, but yeah, that's so it's it's all kind of it's going well. So the next one, the next thing, hopefully there'll be enough money from this particular one for me to do an audiobook version. Uh, if there's not, I might have to rethink and do that later in the year. But I would love to do an audiobook version of it because I think that sometimes people in the middle of a mental health crisis, even the act of reading is 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 too much. But if I can do it on an audiobook and you can literally just you know, hug a pillow and put an earpod in. It, it's something. So, yeah, so that's next. So, yes, thank you to everybody who's contributed. Uh, and to those who haven't contributed, uh, I'm sure that you have a good reason. Um, I, that's between you and your conscience. And I don't want to guilt trip you into giving this mentally ill man a few shiny pennies to make this one incredibly worthy dream come a step closer to reality. Uh, but apparently that's the wrong attitude for me to take when it comes to promotions and marketing. Uh, <laughs> whereas I think it's the only attitude to take to promotions and marketing. Because if I look out my window, there are so many people walking past who've got money uh, and, and, and I'm sat here and I've got none. Uh, and that just seems absurd, really. Uh, because I have one exceptional talent and I can't understand why that is paying for stuff. It seems ridiculous. But there you go. You, you know that feeling as well as I do. And I did actually share the link earlier on my group. Um, so if anyone wants to contribute, you, they can. You've done more than enough. <laughs> you, are, you, you are, yes. You, are, you actually get a thank you in the acknowledgements at the back because... You're uh, well because you're rather marvellous because you do so much for the writing community anyway. All out of the goodness of your heart. Uh, so don't don't ever think you're not appreciated because you you genuinely are. Well, you are by me anyway. I can't speak for the group. There might be people out there who, who don't like you at all, uh, but don't think about them. Yeah, go for it. I'm giving you massive effusive <laughs> love. There you go. Well, it's very much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Well, unless there's anything else that you wish to tell us, then I guess um, we should end. Uh, no, it's just uh, yeah. Um, other than don't don't judge, don't don't judge the book on on the on this. They are separate entities. Even though the book is a perfect example of how it feels to to be me, what I'm giving you now verbally is not a perfect example of how it feels to be me. Does that make any sense at all? Does that? It does uh, to I, me, but then our heads work the same way, so. <laughs> God, I don't know whether we get five viewers <laughs> or 5,000, so I'm only talking to you. That's the, basically, I don't awesome. know who else is out there. Yeah, maybe a couple of people and then that's it. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you know what, those who don't find their way to you, more full then as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, yeah, hey, listen, thank you for your help with all this, by the way. Um, it's appreciated. It, it, it really is. And let me know what you think of the book as well. Uh, that's yes. Much just new <laughs> to the world. Awesome. And just remind everyone where they can get it from. 
uh, Amazon. Yeah, uh, another month of time, you should be able to get it in a few other bookshops as well. That, that all depends. The reason that Amazon is so popular is because you can actually get what you want from them in a timely manner. Uh, so, yeah, if you just go on, on Kindle, uh, for, well, from midnight tonight, uh, you'll be able to uh, download it straight away. I think it's uh, 3 dollars uh, which is yeah, pretty much as uh, the, the the cheapest I could do it and still, you know, occasionally be able to eat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the paperbacks will be nine ninety nine when they come out next month. But uh, yeah, if you can't operate Google, um, re- really, you're, you're 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 largely obsolete as a person. So <laughs> you've got bigger problems than me. <laughs> yeah, I'll post the link tomorrow anyway when it comes. That's kind of you, thank you. <clears throat> I've ready. I think I've already given you a release date post. I think you've done more than your fair share, put it that way. It's important, <laughs> so it's a pleasure. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and make my uh, my, my lamb sip uh, frappuccino now. Uh, you know, it's, it's a way of, of getting better, but while still pretending to be middle class. Uh, and then I'm going to go and write the next book. Uh, I'm back in the world of fiction again, which is so much safer. It, it, it really is. Uh, yeah. So next time I talk to you, uh, it'll be about my next uh, my next thriller, and I can talk with absolute uh, just froth about the importance of this stuff, and hopefully by that point know what's really going on on the inside. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to be helpful, but. <laughs> Which is the perfect time, actually. You know, when, when when life gives you those little artistic moments, my phone just flashed up with uh, low battery, 10% remaining. And I actually realised that that was referring to myself rather than to the phone. So that, that, that was ideal. Awesome. Well, I should let you go then. <laughs> it's been good to talk to you. Uh, and you please too. just keep me informed of your own developments. Yes. I will. Uh, this is, a, this is advice for anybody who th- thinks that they might be on a slightly slippery slope is, is you might think you're being strong by not asking for help or not opening up. You're not being strong. You're just letting your illness win. And your illness is a twat, which was actually going to be the title of the book. Uh, but peace of mind has got a little bit more literary merit to it. But yeah, don't ever lose sight of the fact that your illness is a twat. <laughs> <laughs> good to speak to you you too and take care and good luck tomorrow <laughs> thank you talk to you soon bye yeah bye